Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. If you're tired of being at the center of your salon, if you feel like the moment you step out the door, everything falls apart. You have people ringing you, texting you, heck, sending you smoke signals. And as a result, the salon's on your mind 24-7, even if you're not actually there. You want your team to be autonomous, self-sufficient, but you don't quite trust them yet. And if you find that, if you don't do all the things yourself, they just don't quite get done right. It's a vicious cycle. Don't worry, you're not alone. We too often try to tend to be involved in all the aspects of the business. So when we try to step away from working in the business, we get trapped. How can the salon survive a day without you doing all of the things? Not only this, but it can feel super lonely as a business owner. Maybe you feel alone in the decisions. The weight of the salon rests on your shoulders. And it's a lot of pressure. This can feel exhausting and not sustainable in the long run, I think. It's time something changes, right? If nothing changes, nothing changes. So I want to introduce you to Shanali. Now, she's the head of education at Boulevard, a salon business management platform that is designed to drive bookings, automate workflows, convert customers from visitors into valuable long-term clients. Shanali is an industry expert when it comes to both working in the salon and on the salon and knows how hard it is to separate the me from the role as a leader. So in this episode, you'll discover how to separate the emotion from the important decisions in the salon in order to have a successful and thriving business. So if you've ever felt like your salon may crumble without you being there 24-7, let's dive into this episode and let's hear what the lovely Shanali has to say. Shanali, thank you so much for joining me on the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Very pleased to have you here. Thanks, Larissa. I'm thrilled to be here. So uh, for those that don't know you, let's start with, well, who are you? Where are you in the world? What do you do? And how did you get to be doing that? Awesome. Thanks, Larissa. So my name is Shanali Wajaysingha, and I'm currently in Los Angeles, but not native to. I actually grew up in the Bay Area. Super proud of that. Big Warriors fan. Um, So we uh, actually, I started my career in LA when it came to high-end hair salons. So this is something that's like been a big driver for me for a very long time. I was roughly about 18 when I started to get into the space. And I was actually in college at the same time and quickly realized, I was like, wait a second, I could make all the big bucks in this industry without having to do all of the financial debt on college, right? So I made that big jump to to leave that. My parents were so freaked out by the whole thing, but they are pleasantly surprised with how everything turned out, I have to say. So I've worked in amazing salons like Sally Hirschberger and Benjamin Salons and have had some incredible mentors there and and I've taken all those experiences with me for now 15 years I'm I'm going on. Um, So I'm now 
at Boulevard and I head up the education team there. And we are driving tons of training content around the platform and just industry education generally, because you can never get enough of that, right? So I've been an awesome team there that helps on all of the different verticals from hair salons to nails and so forth to deliver on some amazing educational work there. So uh, that's a little bit about me. And then on the side, I love dogs and the beach and all of that great stuff. And I'm still consulting for businesses in the hair salon world uh, till this day. So I'll probably never stop. <laughs> love it. Um, so when you're consulting and teaching and educating, uh, as do I, um, we often come across people that just are stuck and find themselves in a position where they can go on all of the courses, have all of the education, but continue not to grow. Is this something you've come across before? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's very easy to feel like you have nowhere to turn quickly, right? I, I've been there where I've literally been Googling, like, how do I deal with this in, in the business, right? It's it's very difficult and sometimes can and feel lonely in that process. One, having that self-awareness to take a look at exactly what's going on within your business with the true objective lens is going to be very important. We, it's so easy for us to have some emotional tie to, to what's going on. We're, we're creative people at the end of the day, right? We got into it because we like loved it. We were like passionate about it. It wasn't like, oh, I love to crunch numbers. So I'm going to open a hair salon, right? Like that's not... <laughs> The biggest driver. While we've made some great money doing it, it's it's definitely been an added benefit, if anything. So when you are looking at this stuff, you cannot be emotional about it, and especially the changes that need to happen. There are tons of resources that are out there, like consultants like myself, or even companies like Boulevard, for example, that offer people that are trained in, in this world, right, where they can offer some help on maybe some new initiatives you haven't tried in your business. So I would say tap into resources and take a look at how you're operating and also your own leadership skills. If you are the owner and you're split behind the chair and also running the business like so many are, there's no way that everything is like perfect 100% of the time, right? We constantly need to be evaluating and taking a look at, at where we stand before we just assume that everything's okay with our team members. Yeah, I liked this kind of... Um... You said the non-emotional look at what's going on and what, what we can do forward. I don't know if it's this, this industry and the people that we attract or whether it's just uh, for all business owners, but it's really easy to be emotionally attached to our business and the outcome or the things that happen in our business and completely take those things personally. And I think for me, I didn't really get exponential growth until I learned to separate the emotion and the me from the business because, you know, we build a business around ourselves. It is an extension of us um, and we pour our heart and soul into it. But actually at some point that can stop continued growth because we are too entwined. And so would you agree, like being able to separate oh yourself Absolutely. from emotional decisions? We, we experience it at every level because I remember, so I started off at front desk, right? I was like answering phones and everything. And I remember 
when an appointment would get booked incorrectly or whatever, I would be like, oh my God, like my like worth as a person is being questioned right now. Right. <laughs> like if it's like, no girlfriend, it's like, it was a haircut, not a blowout. Right. Right. It's like, if you, you look back and look at that stuff, it's, it's so interesting what we tie to our own value within the business. Right. So it happens no matter what the position is. I, I think it's very common to feel that way, but I love what you said there. The second you were able to separate your emotions from it, you recognize that it's an it, right? This is your salon. It's not Larissa, right? In uh, on the chopping block for for everything. That also alleviates some pressure off of you mm. as just a, as a human being, right? There's only so much that you can carry with you, and then it allows it to, it to be protocol and processes and systems that are repeatable that then a manager could carry out or a front desk person who grows into that whatever that may be, right? It's really about creating something that you can continue to repeat, and it's not all tied to just this one person who's got it all in their brain. I know some of my old salons still text me for past to computers, right? It happens, right? It's very normal, but as, as much system and, and process that we can put in place that is vetted, makes sense. It, there's been actionable change around it. All of that is what drives a healthy business along with lots of transparency. I know we talked about removing some emotion, but I don't want that to be confused with removing transparency and vulnerability you know, we can still create spaces for all of that. That's, I think, incredibly healthy and required for retaining some of our really productive people these days. But, you know, having that freak out every time someone's like, oh, this doesn't make sense to me or whatever it may be, it's not worth it anymore. It really isn't. No, I, I love this kind of conversation around systems and processes because our team often look to us, right? And, and want to, we're the expert, we're the one that should know how it is or we're the decision maker, um, but I actually recently had a conversation with my team and I said, look, we need to create a system around this because every time you ask me this question, I have a different answer for you, depending on how I'm feeling today. Like in the moment, if you ask me a question, I might be feeling optimistic and I'll give you an optimistic answer and you might right, catch right. me on another day and I'm feeling, you know, sad and depressed and you'll get a different answer. Same problem, same question. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not consistent. I'm not the most consistent person. Right. You know, I'm creative. I'm great at creating. I'm not good at keeping things the same. So let's decide what the system is. Yeah. Let's write it down. And then you don't need to ask me because I'm the variable here and I'll ruin it for everybody. <laughs> I'm getting That's out of your way. But you're a human being at the end of the day, right? And and you've all, you know, if, if you have families too, this happens where you're like multitasking, you're doing a bunch of different things. And my little sister's like, hey, can I borrow this? Whatever it may be, right? And then I probably in my normal frame don't want her to borrow that. But in that moment, I might say yes. And then later I'm upset that she borrowed it, but I said yes, right? <laughs> so this happens in our businesses too, right? It's consistency. And that's actually what make people feel really safe. So, you know, for me, I'm just creative too. I'm a creative person. You'll notice tons of art everywhere. I'm, I'm that person. Right. And I've learned that for people like us to really thrive, 
they actually need some structure in place, Mm -hmm. right? They need to understand what their boundaries are and how they can even bring up change. For example, I worked in a business that created action plans. So if let's say I had a new treatment I wanted to bring in or a a new system, a a new service, whatever it was, you filled out an entire action plan and you then got buy-in from your other teammates, right? So this made it a collaborative process. So this isn't just about like ruling with the iron fist. I'm the boss. I'm in charge. You can collaborate. Like a lot of the work can sometimes even be done for you with some of your teams, right? They'll impress you once you start giving them the right tools to to start doing this, where you're like, oh my God, I don't think I would have thought of that myself, right? I'm like, glad I had you, right? And that's like the beautiful part. And that's where like the mentorship starts. Like I use the word mentor so much for like my previous bosses because they weren't just like a boss to me. You know what I mean? They're people who coached me and trained me. And, and that's really what we want, especially in our industry where we're a trade at the end of the day, it's like hands on, on this. Right. So I think that's the beautiful part of what we have. And if we can start making that a system, right. Like this is how we always operate. I think we will thrive and all, you know, everyone's been talking about retention, right? So that's a great piece on retaining right individuals. Hey, I just wanted to pop in to tell you something. Don't worry, we're going to get back to this awesome episode in just a second. Now, if this sounds like you, listen up. You have a team. You love your team. But you're sick of wondering why and wishing your team would make their sales targets. You want them to be smashing sales because it shows that they're actually looking after their clients really well. Like imagine if you could have a way to make more from the clients that you already have, increase sales without spending more on advertising. Well, it's totally possible and I want to help you. And I want to help you do it with ease, in a classy way. No hard and dirty sales tricks here. Ways to serve your clients, make more, because everybody wins. The team, the client, and of course, you, the business owner. Now, if you want to find out more, just DM me uh, and let's chat. I'll make a plan for you. I'm also going to leave a link for you on the show notes of this episode. All right, let's get back to the episode. Shanali, let's talk about the pandemic and the effect that it's had on the hair and beauty industry. We're over two years now into this new world. Uh, what are your thoughts and observations around how things have changed like pretty quickly in the last two years? So that's a, that's a great question. I actually have been thinking about that a lot lately as I've been working on something new where we're going to be a data driven this weekend during some main stage stuff. So I've been thinking about just all the changes that we've seen from us being at home, working from home, doing all of that. And I realized some of these changes that we're seeing now and feeling those effects took place like long before the pandemic, right? So I'm seeing a lot of owners talk a a lot about not being able to get people to work, right? Getting them back in, things are a little harder at the desk, managers, whatever it is, right? But I remember it was way long ago, I was still working the front desk when, you know, I would see receptionists kind of drop like flies. They would go to lunch and like not come back, right? Like that that would happen in these businesses. So, you know, we've seen a problem pop up long before the pandemic. And I think that was just a catalyst, just like rip the band-aid off for a lot of folks because they kind of got forced into it, right? 
So it became harder to, to get them back. I've realized in our industry, it's we've seen a lot of toxic work environments too, right? Where we aren't getting that development. We aren't getting that mentorship. One thing that's really great about this time is 10 years ago, I was not able to get feedback from some of the people that we would lose, right? It was just, they would disappear and they would never come back. But in this day and age with social media, people are very vocal about what it is that they're looking for, right? So we're able to understand that some of it is us, like we need to develop as leaders. So for me in this time of the pandemic, of course, technology needed to, to jump up. We needed some more contactless stuff. We needed some forms. We needed a lot of those different things, text messaging and a lot of different things. Um, but I think we were going to go there anyway. You know what I mean? With the way technology is going. I don't think that was the pandemic. I think the worker wanting higher standards and needing more than just a boss is the the real like heart of what happened here post-pandemic. Yeah, I love that. It is forcing us to do the good work and the right work and create the right environment, not only for our clients, but for our team. Yeah, I love that. Um, it's just sped up what was already bound to happen. Yeah. Flip, yeah. Just kind of flip the switch on it pretty quick. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, I think we just, like, the, the pandemic was, like, us pouring developer on the color. Right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. us, like, mixing that up. It, it was it was going to happen because, you know, I even struggled with that in, in my early years of management where, you know, it was difficult to retain some of the folks that I, I wanted so desperately to keep in the business. And I even saw like later on where these folks would pop back in and totally be willing to work with me again, right? Where uh, it wasn't necessarily me and how I was coaching them, but there were external things, issues with the business. There was toxicity elsewhere, right? So it's really Really important that we create those like transparent spaces for folks to come in and say, you know what, Shnali, I don't get it. Right. And I'm not going to be booted out just because I said that. Right. Like it's being able to like have that moment. I remember some of my favorite people, like most talented, talented people. I remember one in particular, you know, she was working on a client and this client really just for whatever reason, you know, just as you were saying that day, she was having probably like a depressive, upset day. Right. She was just lashing out verbally. And this was like a, a really great person. Like I said, talented, great client experience. One of my favorite people to even do get my services done with. And she came to me and she was like, I don't, I don't think I want to do hair anymore. Like, you know, when someone can really just right. So I was like, okay, this, she was towards the end of her day. There was maybe a, a client or two new people. So we were able to move that off. And I was like, listen, you don't have to do hair. Why don't you just go do dishes for the rest of the day? Like go chill out, do your thing. And as she was doing her dishes, she was literally crying, feeling emotional from everything that happened in that moment. And then at the end of her shift, I went and took her to dinner and we ate burrata and she had never had burrata salad before. And she was, you know, had that moment to just breathe, have a conversation with me. And she did not quit. She went to work and make us a, a lot more money <laughs> beyond that. Right. And was incredible for our team and just is a good friend of mine till this day, you know? So it's moments like that where in an environment where someone's like, Hey, I don't think I can do this anymore, where we've seen that old school mentality of like, there's the door, you know, where it is go then right? Where we've seen leaders do this and then they lose this incredible talent and they go out there in the world and they don't have 
anything good to remember outside of that moment, even if you taught them everything you ever knew, you know? So it's allowing people to be people and like having that, like, everyone's going to give you that. I don't know if I can do this like moment and we can't like, you know, reprimand them over those little things. Like it's emotional responses. It's normal. Yeah. And, and, and back to what we'd spoke about earlier, like have that, oh my God, you know, the impact on me and have this emotional explosion for yourself as the business owner or as the leader. Um, and just actually, I love that you were just present with the person and were present for their part of the journey um, and let go of the attachment of the outcome for you or for the business and just be present with her and just go, you're having a shit moment. Yeah. Let's be present. Let's sort you out. Cause then you'll be better after the, the, I can see that, you know, the chance of her recovering is higher if you have that approach. Absolutely. And you just yeah. think you, you think about like if you're if you have a child, right? You think about your kids struggling in school. You want to know that the teacher's gonna help them, even if they're not doing so well, right? So it's like we see this philosophy in a in a lot of other places. And it's like we should see that in our leadership as well, like at, at every level. Yeah, I love that. I want to talk about um You've, you've worked with a lot of businesses and a lot of people that have served some really big celebrity names. So I want to know, what is the secret? What is the secret to being good enough to attract those types of people? That's a really, really good question. So I, I get that one all the time. And for me, it always goes back to client experience, right? So it's it's not about, you know, Lady Gaga or Beyonce, like showing up, right? And then all of a sudden we're rolling out the red carpet. It does not matter if it's our neighbor who works at the gym across the street or Miss B herself, right? We are going to roll out that red carpet for every single client. And there's consistency in that service. I've seen many times where there's a loyal client, they've been coming us for 10 years, something like that, right? And we just have their color ready to go. And it's, it's just upfront. We're barely doing consults with them. We're just, you know, expecting that loyalty. We know you so well. And sure, there is an element of that. Maybe they aren't going to change that formula. But did you tell them about the new treatments, right? Did you offer them any of the new services that you have? Are you just assuming that they want the same thing over and over again? It's about really enhancing that client experience with all of the clients that come in, no matter what. If you can create that in your process, then you will win no matter what. And even if it's not celebrity clientele coming in, you're going to be just busting at the seams in your books because everyone's going to want that experience. Like we've all experienced something so great, especially with customer service, where you're like, I'm going to, I want to go out of my way to like compliment this person, leave them an extra tip, whatever it may be, because you really feel that, right? There's definitely a standard that businesses should aim for with every single client. And that's all of the touch points. When I say client experience, I'm not just talking about that service, right? So this is like, I'm at home and I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like noticing grays. I'm like, oh my God, it's midnight. Like I can't call anywhere. I need to be able to book my appointment right in that moment, right? Because these are people, this is how it happens now, right? So I need to, whether I'm on Instagram or Facebook or just on my phone itself, like I need an option. If I'm driving and I don't want to look at texts, I want to call someone up. I want to have an incredibly engaging experience through phone or through technology, whatever it is. So it's all of the touch points, including to like how I pay. If when I get to checkout, it's like a whole big frustrating thing, then chances are I'm not going to want to repeat that either, 
right? So it's everything is just delightful. It's, it's the, the easiest way that I can put that, but that's really what people are looking for. I, I think convenience is king. We used to say cash is king, but no one, no one has cash anymore, but it's definitely convenience, right? Everybody wants just a very easy experience. You know, we're in the day and age where we're in completely different cities. I could probably send you a juice sitting for, exactly where I'm sitting, right? If I really wanted to, and we could five star and give the guy a tip and everything, right? It, it would be perfect. So easy. So this is the same type of convenience when we're talking about focusing in on client experience. It's, we know exactly all the needs of our clients and we're making the whole experience very easy for them that when they're going through their crazy busy life, where we know not everything is convenient, they walk in, they're booking, whatever it is. And they're like, I can just chill. I can relax. I'm here to have this experience and no one's going to bug me. And this is my one hour to, to really just enjoy. Right. So it's really that client experience is where you are going to attract not just celebrities, like everyone and their mom is going to come in if they know you're giving a good service and every touch point is meeting their need. I, I like the, um, you know, the example of how do we make things so super seamless that they don't even know that we're doing three things in the background so they so they can do nothing. You know, it's the whole Uber experience. Whoever thought that not needing to get your wallet out at the end of the taxi ride was an important touch point or, or non-touch point. Like it's such a little thing in terms of, you know, really handing over your credit card is not that difficult, but it kind of is sometimes, and it takes it a bit of extra time. It's so little, but there's all the stuff that happens in the background, but it's the, it's the less that the client needs to do. Sometimes we're so used to giving more and doing more and laying on more to feel like we're giving value, but actually the value is in what they don't have to do sometimes. That's so true. That's so true. And it's funny, you mentioned, you know, pulling your wallet out. You know, I went on a walk the other day and I was like, oh my goodness, I should have, I, I wanted to pick up flowers and I wanted a coffee. And I was like, I should have brought like money. And I was like, wait a second, I have my phone. And I was able to do all of that. And then I was thinking, I was like, wow, I can spend money any given day, any given month. <laughs> right <That's dangerous. laughs> technology right how how great and blessing and a curse you know but that's exactly it right I was pleasantly surprised to be able to go to my local stores here and do that and just have that experience and not have to worry about it yeah, and, and it, it is just as you mentioned it's it's that uber experience right we're so used to the convenience that when it's not as easy as dropping something into a shopping cart we're really perplexed by it. We might not even book. I've done that myself. I'm in the industry. I support these businesses fully. I pre-book, I buy the products. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Right. And sometimes I'll be like, you know what? I will call you because I can't like handle your situation right now. It's too confusing for me or I don't have that word or whatever it is. Right. So, you know, we really, and I'm, like I said, I'm in it. Someone who's not as invested in it emotionally as I am, then they're just going to go somewhere else. For you sure. Know? So. For sure. Now you're a busy professional person, lots going on. Tell me what is a quote or a mantra or something that keeps you sane, keeps you on the straight and narrow or that keeps you grounded. That's a good one. I love that. So I'm a 
big pay it forward person. Now, this one's important to me, especially as now turned educator, right? Um, This is the framework that we need for any type of training, right? But we do this a lot in our industry already with our services, right? We, We coach people, we have apprentice programs, we teach them everything we know. But I have seen in our industry uh, an element of, you know, I had to walk 15 miles in the snow. So do you, right? Where I, instead of, right, instead of making things like, hey, here's the tips and tricks that I learned to make my life easier. You know, I try and let them figure them out, figure it out on the, on their own, which I think there's, that's definitely important. There's some of that that needs to happen. You don't want to spoon feed everyone, but we also want to make sure we're paying it forward, right? We are paving the way we're being trailblazers in this versus just making people's lives more difficult because we have to go through it too, right? So I love that you brought this up because this, this kind of, it's hanging around. I, I had a tough time. Mm-hmm. You must have a tough time too. I, oh yeah. And and I think it's done our industry no service. You know, like if if we if this if we can make the next generations experience more like Uber, <laughs> make it easy. Like people, like more people are going to flock to this industry. We're going to have an abundance of people. But when we make it hard for people, they don't go home and say, oh, you know, I was so hard at work to get today. You must join this industry. No, I've got this great mentor. You came here and said, I had great mentors. How good does that make you feel? How successful are you? And if we can be great mentors and pay forward, just like you said, we're just not elevating our own experience. We're elevating theirs, but actually the whole industry. So I love that. Thank you for bringing that to the table. Completely. No, of course. I'm, I'm a, a big like believer in it. I, I recently had a conversation with one of my newer team members. She's going to laugh when she hears me, me tell this, but she was saying, you know, you know, Oh, I want, I want to sound just as you know, you do and some of our more senior team members and everything. And I told her, I was like, listen, like if your skill set got you to this point, this far, by the time you're and we have a, a big age gap, I was like, by the time, you know, you're where I am, you're going to be like skyrocket over me, right? You're going to be like dancing circles around me. Like I'm not even going to be able to keep up with you, you know? And this is the type of mentality that we need to constantly be putting forward. Like everyone around me is going to push forth because that's how you create a true legacy, right? With like, oh, everyone that Larissa like trained or sent us, whatever, they're like phenomenal, right? That's like, that's what we're really looking for. It's it's not about like, us in that moment it's about what we leave behind you know yeah I love that all right what is a a book you've read a podcast you've listened to somebody you follow or some kind of resource that you really believe that all of our salon owners should get their hands on so this one, I, I'm sure many of your listeners will probably be familiar with her, but I'm a big Brene Brown fan. So Dare to Lead was, it, it's, it's actually a book, but there's a ton of content on it from, you know, her speaking to TED Talks. I know there's Netflix and even HBO shows around her work, but this was an incredible book for me in my leadership development. And because this is where I really learned about creating the right space for people to thrive in, you know, through transparency vulnerability, being able to have like the real meaningful discussions and not just the surface level stuff, right? And and what's the right way to help develop someone in that way? So 
So a lot of it helps you get perspective on like your own self, your own self-awareness and, and whatnot. But she does amazing work just generally for leaders and I think just all around just well-being. So definitely would recommend any of her work. Nice. I love that. All right. I know people are going to want to find you, stalk you. Where can we stalk you online? Give us your dub dubs and your socials. Okay. So I have a, a very long, complicated name as, as you can hear. So um, I am on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me through any of the uh, Boulevard socials as well. So that's at join BLVD. So if you go to any of those pages, I promise you my, my face is stapled across a lot of them. So you'll be able to find my Instagram, my LinkedIn and all of that. So, um, and we're going to be a data driven this weekend. And so if any of your listeners are, you know, in Nashville for that, they can come hang with us in person. So it'd be super great to meet anyone. Amazing. It's been awesome hanging out with you. Thank you for sharing your words of wisdom. Uh, it's much appreciated. Perfect. Thanks, Larissa. And that's a wrap. Thank you, Shanali, for joining me on the Salon Owners Collective podcast. I know your advice and industry strategies will be super valuable for you listening and making the next steps towards transitioning off the floor and into your role as salon CEO. If you have the right systems in place, a five-star client experience and a happy and trustworthy team, then anything is possible. So if you're looking for a place to connect with like-minded salon owners who are in the same boat, wanting to step off the floor, work on the business, not in the business, move into their role as a salon CEO, then come and join us at the Profitable and Successful Salon Owners Facebook group. I'm going to leave the link in the show notes in this episode. All right, ciao for now. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.